The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about seven emails that you should send during a launch. Now, when this podcast episode comes to an end, we don't want you to feel like you are alone with your questions and trying to figure out how this applies to you. So come and hang out in our free Facebook group to share what you're working on and get stuck into all of the training and the resources and the good stuff that is over there. If you just go to robandkennedy.group in any web browser, it will forward you over there. Or you can just go to Facebook and search for the Email Marketing Show community. He is obsessed with tap dancing. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And we're recording this episode again because he deleted it the first time round. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. See, that's the problem. Whenever you tidy up, you lose things, don't you? You know, if you, you do a little bit of a spruce up around the house, you go, now where is everything? That's what happened to me. I think you just like talking to me so much, you figure, let's do it again. <laughs> tap dance to this song by the way with your little tap dance obsession i can't actually tap dance i just really enjoy watching tap dance remember when we went when we went to see 42nd street i do yeah just one of the most relaxing things on earth the thing with tap dancing is is obviously you like dancing which is just about the feet you, you don't really care about upper body half not the sort of dancing do you? breaststroke swimming arms <laughs> Yes, that's true. I mean, that's true. <laughs> I mean, this is the show, by the way, that we of course create. I was going to say something really, really witty there, but I'm just not going to. I'm not going to go where with, there with your breaststroke. This is the show where we give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. It's just Wednesday, mate. Let's drop it. It's just Wednesday. <laughs> Make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast play a thing so that you uh, don't miss a single episode of the show. Now, one thing that is true is that email marketing show listeners are the most attractive podcast listeners on earth. So as you're listening to this, grab a photograph of yourself, a selfie, uh, post it on social media, tag us at Rob and Kennedy on Instagram or Twitter, because we would love to see what episodes you are listening to. If you really haven't done your makeup yet and you haven't done your hair yet, just take a screenshot of the episode and share that instead so that we can see what you are getting value from. One of the things that happens a lot when you're trying to put, like, if you launch a new program or something like that, is you sit and go, right, okay, I'm going to launch it on Tuesday. It's going to be great. It's gonna, we're going to open the cart up on Tuesday and we're going to launch a thing. But what I've got to do is I've got to tell my audience, I've got to tell them that it's, it's going to be open. Now we're sat with that blank page of, oh, flipping heck, what the hell am I going to, what am I going to email them about every single day and it's really really tricky isn't it and one of the symptoms that we see of this is that people come into our world especially um, and they're looking for help with their email and one of the reasons they're looking for help with their email is they say oh well I launched my program and it did okay you know I posted about it in my Facebook group and I talked about it on my Instagram lives and this was all good Uh, and then you know I told my email list about it and and we say whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. zoom into that for a moment and tell us what you're talking about when you said you zoom you, you told your list about it they say well you know I sent an email about it and then maybe I sent another one at the end I can't really remember and that 
is the problem. Because basically, we need to be able to talk about this for more than a couple of days. Now, there's a couple of things we can take for granted here. And that's the first email and the last email that you send. The first email is just going to be an announcement email to tell them that it's there. The last email is going to be an email at like an hour or two before it closes to tell them it's closing, it's going away, the bonus is going away, the price is going up, whatever the end of launch shenanigans are. Those two, we can kind of take for granted and say, that's what you're going to say. But it's the ones in the middle. It's like everything from the start to the end. What do I say to be able to keep talking about this thing? And this is where you have to think, the way we think about it a lot and talk about it a lot, I guess, is it's often about making sure you've got a plan before you send the first email. Because usually most people bust their opportunities completely, knack them up because they put too much in the initial offer. What we often ask people to do is hold stuff back. You'll see that some of these seven things we're going to share with you are things that you'd ordinarily think, well, I'll put that on my sales page normally. We'll say, actually, when you first launch it, when you first send the emails and first stick that sales page up, don't put these things on your sales page. Don't make these part of the offer. So that gives you a good reason to email. Because the biggest reason, the thing is, the big thing that we all need to do is have better reasons to email. Like, we can email as often as we want if we've got a friggin' good reason to actually send that email. And most of the time, the reason most of the emails that you and I all receive are terrible is because the person did not have a good reason to email. And this is really simply solved by thinking about starting with the end in mind, that cliche phrase of making sure you know eventually this is what the offer is going to look like. But to begin with, we can start dripping out pieces of the, of the offer. Now, I want to make sure it's very, very clear that the offer you present from day one has to be bloody amazing. Like, we're not saying strip down your offer and make it weak or make it mediocre or make it, you know, lukewarm. Absolutely not. You want the offer to be stellar. But you might want to hold off on announcing some of the stuff that people often announce from the start. You might naturally think and instinctively think you want to start from... You want to make sure you hold off on those things so you've got reasons to email by introducing these elements. I mean, think about when there's like an election of some description, right? Those newspapers absolutely have to come up with reasons to fill their columns, fill those lovely pages of the newspaper or, or their websites or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about the length of an election, like obviously it goes on for, I mean, effectively years, doesn't it? By the time you think about all the I'm campaigning. I'm just thinking about the length of the election. <laughs> <laughs> um, the length of your election. If you think one about, you know, one of those big, really hard elections that goes on for ages and ages and ages. <laughs> Let's imagine that we've got like, you know, uh, the, the election for the president of the United States of America, right? And let's imagine we've got, I, I don't know, Paddington Bear and uh, Rupert the Bear are both running for president. <laughs> now, bear with me. For president. Well, one of them wears red and one of them wears blue, doesn't he? Anyway, I think. Um, I, think I think we know where this is. I mean, this is a very political podcast all of a sudden. It is. We've Brace turned yourselves. high brow, Rob. Be careful. Step away. Brace yourselves. So you've got Paddington Bear and Rupert the Bear both running for the president of the US. Well, of course, they announced their their run for presidency. That's great. And the newspapers report about that. Paddington and Rupert going head to head. And then... Basically, <laughs> fur to fur. <laughs> basically, fur to fur. Basically, for the rest of that, that campaign period, basically, the newspapers have to say, oh, Paddington's ahead in the sort of the polls. Paddington's ahead. Paddington's ahead in like the, you know, the, the bookies odds of who's going to win. Paddington looks like he's going to win. Paddington looks like he's going to win. Oh, Rupert's creeping up a little bit. Oh, Rupert did something stupid. That's helped Paddington a little bit more. Sound like I'm sort of doing a cross between a horse race 
uh, Paddock's coming up to and the first Paddock's corner now. Yeah, 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 here he comes, and he's, he's, he's overtaken. And then Rupert, Rupert's in the league, and he's flogging it. He's going to, and it's, uh, here he is. It's Paddington on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's the home stretch for Rupert. Have you watched horse racing? <laughs> A lot. You know all the words. Anyway, I don't know all the words. I know two words, inside and overtaking. I've just had them a lot. <laughs> That's all it takes to be an expert. Folks, forget this 10,000 hours of practice nonsense. Two words. <laughs> two words, speak a bit fast, you can fool anyone. Um, so, basically, the newspapers have to say the same thing for months and months and months and years. But the way that they do that is, rather than just saying this person's more likely to win, this person's more likely to win, is they say, oh, this person's gone to such and such and look at him shaking hands with all of the people in this hospital and this person's gone to such and such and look at what's happening here. And then obviously sometimes you hear sort of behind the scenes stories about things that people have allegedly done and then that's the thing. So what we're looking to do is to take one slice of the action and talk about your thing from that perspective. And go back to what Kennedy said about the sales page and the fact this has to be an excellent offer from day one. Let's bear in mind that your subscribers are not reading every word on your sales page. They're not watching every second of your sales video. They're going to land. They're going to look at the headline. They're going to scroll around a bit. They're going to look at some pictures. They might read a couple of testimonials and then they might look at the price first and then make a decision from there. And so what this email gives you the opportunity to do or this sequence of emails is to give people effectively a guided tour of your sales page. You get to pull out <laughs> one element of the sales page and talk about it for a bit and then put that back. And then the next day you pull out another element and you show them around that and then you put that one back. And and so you're actually able to guide people through a bunch of stuff they would have missed. And you, you're basically forcing them to pay attention to it when of their own uh, accord, they might have just missed it. That's the thing. I mean, they're overwhelmed when they hit that for sales page. You have to have everything on the sales page. You have to have lots of bits. You have to have your social proof and your, all your benefits and all the elements and all what they're going to get. You have to have all those things because each person's going to zero in on the bit that matters to them because they might be a different part of that buyer journey. Some people are skeptical, like, all right, is this another one of those ebooks? I hate ebooks. Oh, no, it's a video. So they really care about how it's delivered. As others, other people are like, is this any good? And they zoom straight at the testimonials. Other people want to know something else they want to know what's the main outcomes is it going to work in their situation that kind of thing whereas as, as rob said it, this is about you being able to give that guide to like oh passing us on the left right now we have the testimonials <laughs> if you look out the right hand window you'll see you know what this guy said about it so let's get into these seven things and as we as we keep saying this is really important these are things you'd normally think i'm going to stick them on my sales page i'm going to put them on my email in my emails from the start and we're going to say actually we want you to hold these seven things back so that they give you a really good reason to email when you do introduce them throughout the thing now of course if your if your launch is longer than seven days or longer than seven emails one think about that are you able to keep are you able to keep momentum for more than seven emails? We would often do sort of probably seven emails in five days, honestly, with a, you know two or three emails in the last day. But make sure you're able to keep momentum because one of the things that happens during a launch is at the beginning, you get your really highly excitable, engaged super fans who are your, your active buyers, your reflex reaction. You've got a thing for sale. They're your super fan. They're going to buy it from you. And we've all got those people who just want more of you. And that's amazing. And then at the end, on that last day, you're probably going to make as many sales on the last day as you did the entire other five or six or whatever days. 
but in the middle you're going to end up with peaks and troughs and essentially what happens is the middle of your launch campaign from the, the beginning is like this high pillar and the last and the last last day is your super high pillar of sales in the middle you've got this trough you've got this absolute dip in sales so what we want to do is is manufacture a bunch of additional peaks and we can only do that by introducing new things which are similar to that launch to, uh, similar to that announcement at the beginning you're going to announce new things throughout your launch which gives you these extra surges and spikes in sales and the first thing that a lot of people most people stick on their sales page from the very beginning but we're going to say hold back is adding in the countdown timer. Most people will tell their their, uh, their their email list and put on their sales page the deadline of when the promotion closes on the first day. We're going to suggest that you don't do that for a couple of reasons. One of them, yes, it gives it a, a great reason to email later on. And by the way, these seven things are not in the order you should do them. These are just ingredients you can do at any time. So... What you don't want to do is you, you, want, to you want to make sure that the, the countdown time is not on the sales page to begin with. One, it's going to give you a really good reason to email saying, hey, maybe it's day three or four. Hey, by the way, this is closing on Monday night. So make sure you grab it. Oh, wow, I didn't realize that was going to close. Now I've got a new bunch of energy, a new fuel to go and buy the thing. The second reason is we've got to remember there's a lot of misuse of countdown timers. And what I mean by that, and it's it's always disappointing to see, is remember countdown timers are there to serve one thing, and that is to create urgency. They are an urgency mechanism, and they're a really effective one. Unless your countdown timer is doing the opposite of creating urgency. And the way it does that is if it says, and this offer expires in 42 years time. Like that's not, that's not going to create any urgency. In fact, it's going to maybe go, oh, I've got to flip an edge. I don't even need to think about it. You want to make sure you only introduce your countdown timer at a point when it actually becomes urgent. Yes, seeing those seconds tick by is urgent, but not if it's like in seven days time, and you know and 12 hours and 32 minutes and 12 seconds 11 seconds like that, the number of days is outshining the absolute core promise the, po the core reason for using a countdown timer so make sure you only have i mean i think we only the longest i think is three days that we put ours on because anything less than that you're just like well that's not very urgent at all that's doing the opposite so add your countdown timer later in the promotion that's the first one the second one is to add some kind of bonus. So a lot of the time we find, and you know, course creators, memberships, site owners, coaches find that by taking a thing that ordinarily they would just include in the product, like the audio recordings of a training or the transcript of a training or some worksheets and just pulling it out and putting it as a bonus of the thing. So the course is this video course, for example, and you also get these worksheets as a bonus that helps to sell the thing. But a really great way to do this is to take a bunch of your bonuses and remove one of them up front so you don't talk about it. You know it's going to be there. You know that you're going to add it in. You know that everyone who buys is going to get it. But then on like day three or four, somewhere around there, maybe a little bit later, 
add that as an additional bonus. New bonus just added is a really great effective headline or subject line to get somebody to go and pay attention to this thing. We've just added this amazing new bonus. Now, of course, like I said, you want to make sure that you have that bonus in mind from the beginning. You don't want to get to day four of your launch and suddenly go, oh, crap. Now I've got to go and make a new thing in order for this to fit. And what's really nice about adding a bonus in is you almost get to sell them on the bonus in the email as if the bonus is the product. Because if you do really good bonuses, the bonus is often actually better positioned than the product. Like people often buy things because they want the bonus. We've done it. We know customers who've done it. We know the people who've done it. Uh, Buying because of the bonus. So what's really nice is by only having an email about that bonus when you introduce it, you sell them on the bonus and say, and it's included for everybody who's buying this thing. We've just announced that we're going to include it for everybody. And that's a really important bit. You're not going to exclude the people who already purchased. You're going to, and because some of them will be on your list with multiple email addresses, you want to make this clear in this email. Otherwise, you're going to get a bajillion replies going, Oh, I bought it yesterday. Can I still have the bonus? Well, the answer is, of course, yes. But if you don't include in that email, you're going to end up with a whole bunch of emails you have to reply from people who are concerned and bigger than more and more worrying than the, than the emails you're going to get is the people who are going to be concerned about that. So, In that email, when you introduce the bonus, you're going to sell the bonus. You're going to be like, hey, this is great, and sell them on the bonus. And then say, and we're including it for everybody who has, uh, who's already purchased, and obviously if you purchased today. Which brings us on to the next one, the third one, which is to combine those first two ideas, the countdown and the bonus. So this might be a bonus you introduced from the beginning. So you're going to have some bonuses that you have that are there from the start. And like Rob said, you're going to withhold one and introduce it late. This could be one of the bonuses that you had from the beginning, or it could be a bonus that you introduce later. And what you're going to do is you're going to have a countdown to remove the bonus. So this could be like the sexiest bonus. It could be a mastermind. It could be a live call. It could be the big whatever it's going to be, the extra thing, the extra course. And what this does is it gives you a deadline. It gives you a countdown, a piece of urgency mid-promotion. So basically, it's often positioned as a fast action bonus. For the first two days, anybody who buys it is going to also get this. So buy it today. For the first two hours, everybody who buys it within the first two hours, you're going to get this extra bonus. That creates an additional surge. So you're going to have a countdown to a bonus being removed to create this mid-launch piece of urgency, which you can't otherwise create. That's the third one. The next one is to pull out and highlight various testimonials or take those testimonials and turn them into case studies. So these are often talked about as different things because they are. A testimonial is, you know, Sue saying, "Um, I bought this. It was great. I wish I'd bought it six months ago. This was amazing. Thanks so much. And a case study is saying, Sue was really struggling with XYZ thing. Then she bought my fabulous course. And now look at the, look at what she's doing. Look at how happy she is. It's the sort of, uh, it's the, it's the movie documentary about Sue's life compared to Sue telling you about her little adventure with you and Mm -hmm. sounds exciting doesn't it her adventure with you Mm. Uh, anyway so what we're looking to do here one of the things is we know that if we flood a sales page with testimonials that's great because people say oh look all these people saying wonderful things but i'm actually convinced we've never done it (laughs) and we won't but i'm convinced that after the first like 10 you could probably just have a load of laura mipsum or a load of people saying this is terrible and it would still work (laughs) because people just scroll over them like their eyes just glaze over when you see this big wall of testimonials the most likely thing you are to do is to watch a couple of video ones 
read them, look for people that you know and read those testimonials or that you know of and read their testimonials and then move on because the point has been made. We've seen sales pages that are just a headline, a buy button, and then just a wall of hundreds, literally hundreds of testimonials and Facebook screenshots of testimonials and all of that stuff. And then another button sort of gradually spread it throughout the page. And that was literally it. But again, nobody's reading all of those testimonials. Nobody's got the time or the interest to do it. And again, if nobody's reading the testimonials, they're not having the impact they're meant to do. Because the point of testimonials and case studies isn't just to show that loads of people thought it was good. It's to show that people like me thought it was good. People who had my problems thought it was good. And if they got a result out of it, then somebody like me can get a result out of it. And so what you really want to do is to make sure that you take some of those case studies and highlight them in your emails. So you can definitely, and this is one thing, if, you're, if your uh, email campaign is going to be longer than seven days, then definitely do a couple of these. Take one that reflects the sort of position that you know a lot of your subscribers are in. If you happen to do stuff to do with segmenting your subscribers, so you might subscribe, sub, uh, um, segment them into early stage and late stage people who are at different stages in their, pro, in their journey you could send the early stage people a testimonial from somebody who was early stage and one of the later stage people a testimonial from someone who was later stage so that they're reading <laughs> testimonials from people like them. That's one of the things that we like to do. So take these testimonials, pull one out, highlight it, show it to them, uh, and then move on to the next email. Another thing that's often on a sales page from the very start that we're going to ask you to withhold until later is the introduction of a payment plan or a downsell option or a cheaper option. So again, launch your launch your product or service and stick it out there, but don't give them a payment plan just yet. And then after the first few days, you've got most people buying, you've got your active buyers, you're great and good positive cash flow because the more cash you get in at this point the better for your cash flow as a business of course but then later on introduce that payment plan to help people who are in a bit of a cash flow fix and actually would prefer to pay in like three installments or something like that so if your program's two thousand dollars you might say okay you can do four easy installments of 599 or something like that okay so you're going to introduce that later as a really good reason to email people and also because so you don't affect your cash flow basically you want to have the maximum amount of people paying you in full one for your cash flow but actually secondly because of admin you know you don't want there are going to be some people just statistically speaking who miss a payment and miss one of those repayments of those installments that you're going to have to chase up or someone's going to have to chase up or you're going to have to have a system to chase them up and you want to reduce that risk as well and you want to reduce that amount of admin so if you're going to have a payment plan or some kind of downsell where maybe they by downsell it could be if you're doing like a coaching program which has like uh, videos like a video course and live calls with you once a week maybe there's a downsell option where it has the core program but there's no live element or they can watch the live but they are watching it from a stream maybe in a facebook group rather than being on the live where they can submit their own questions so maybe there's some kind of downsell but if you're going to have an alternate payment either a downsell or a payment plan introduce it later and again, you'll see a brand new surge 
of sales because now you've overcome the objection that somebody had to purchasing your main core program in the first place. And that was, ooh, money's a bit tight. I really don't want to spend that amount. I don't want to prioritize that cash into this solution right now. And of course, what we're trying to do with all of these emails is to make sure that we've mopped up all of the people who are sitting on the fence and thinking about joining for some reason, but they've got questions or stuff that gets in the way. And one of the things that often gets in the way is confusion. If you've got like multiple different packages, so maybe you've got like a standard package and a VIP package, you will find that people don't buy because they get all the way to the end of your launch looking at the both going, I don't know whether I need that one or that one. And then it's easier to just not. It's just easier to just sit mm. and surrender and say, well, I won't take either. So one, the next email is something to talk about any sort of higher package options and what's the advantage of that. So let's imagine you're running like, I don't know, a two-day online event with a bunch of speakers and you've got standard tickets and VIP tickets or an in-real-life event where you've got standard tickets and a VIP day. One of the things you definitely want to do is to pull out the higher end package. We saw this the other day with one of our clients, Kay. She's got an amazing membership site that helps people use Active Campaign. And she's got a sort of, I can't remember the names of them, but like a standard uh, membership and an, an advanced membership. And the advanced membership is like $40 more expensive than the standard one. And it's for people who are using the higher up levels of active campaign and are more likely to be doing the advanced things. But it'd be really great for her to pull out that more advanced one and say, if you're wondering whether you should buy the standard or the advanced one, here's all the things the advanced one does and why you should or shouldn't buy it. And it's actually not just about mm. trying to sell more people your VIP thing. It's actually just about making sure that they have the information they need to make the decision of which route they want to take. And that's really important. It's not about trying to ram the VIP, VIP expensive one down their throat. It's about making sure they've got the information they need to be able to make a decision. Because a lot of what we have to do when we're selling anything or marketing anything is help people overcome those that confusion, those questions about, well, which one is right for me? Which one should I get? And you'll, you'll identify this in real life. If you've ever gone out to try and buy a new computer or a new washing machine or a new something, you are presented with so many different options. And then you go and ask, uh, I've got it the other day trying to find a pair of headphones, just went into a group and I was going to say, the headphones thing like is like, well, I just want some bloody headphones and there's ohms and flipping resistance and I'm like, no, ears, you know, for me, ears, listen to the music. <laughs> and that was it. So you just want somebody who's going to just give you the information you need to get rid of that overwhelm. So be that person for your subscribers. The final one, and honestly, you could literally use this next category of email type content as pretty much your entire um, your entire campaign. In fact, if you need to make your campaign longer, I would fill it with these because these serve you so well in selling anything. Product, service, B2B, B2C, high price, low price, doesn't matter. And that is handling objections. We are huge fans of whenever we come up with an offer, we will write down a whole bunch of objections. In fact, we're probably going to do a whole podcast about this and a whole episode about it because... Handling objections is a really powerful thing. Like, can I pay in installments? Does it work for me? What's the course like? How do I get access? What if I can't make the live course? Like, all the objections that people have. But here's the key. Do not handle objections by raising objections. And that's a, a really key and really important thing. You don't want to be going to your email list and going, now, if you were wondering if it's really worth the money or if you were wondering uh, what happens if you can't make the calls and that person wasn't wondering that, 
because most people won't be, then you just raise an objection in the mind of that person who was on the fence, who's now just moved away from the fence, which is not what we want to do. We want to be compelling people and propelling them forward. So the way we do that is we do that with, with frequently asked questions. And we position everything really positively. So rather than saying, um, what if I can't make the calls? Don't put that because that's a terrible objection. You might put, will there be recordings of the calls? Yes, people from around all over the world in all different time zones are, are enrolling in this program and get great results. And that's why the full recordings of all the live sessions are within the members area. And we host them at different times of the day on different days of the week. So you have the best, so you can, you're able to attend them. Oh, that's great. That was a positive com, uh, compulsion towards purchasing rather than raising an objection. So that's seven ideas of different emails you can send during your launch so that you can create extra additional spikes and peaks in sales rather than that usual lull in the middle. But I would love to know what kind of things you always love to put in your launches. Is there a certain type of email that you think, I love sending this one? Or a certain angle for a piece of content in your launch that you think is always really, really good? And it might be one of these things. I would love to hear what your experience with that is and how you do it. Or it might be something we haven't talked about. Come and tell us about it in our free Facebook group. It's called the email marketing show community as you know if you're not already in there please just go to facebook and search for the email marketing show community and join the rest of us in there everybody else who's in there already let's start up a discussion about this because i would love i know it'd be really valuable for all of us to see what everybody else is doing in their launch sequences that they find really really effective right let's get into this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week so this week the subject line is how the sausage gets made uh, which is <laughs> of course it always is. funny to us because it's got the word sausage in it and we think the word sausage mm-hmm. is hilarious. Um, however, because yes. we are 12-year-olds, but um, mm. I just like the expression, how the sausage gets made. It's obviously this saying that people use. It's also in that song from the musical Hamilton, which I'm a big fan of. So don't judge it based on that. <laughs> uh, but it's this idea about people seeing behind the <laughs> scenes of things, isn't it? So basically, one of the things we like to do is to use common expressions. Sometimes take a common expression and give it a twist. Um, so you know, change one of the words to it. How the plums get made. Exactly. Um, and sometimes, um, or, or you know, it could be how the sausage gets the made, and it could be M-A-I-D. That's a different subject line. So basically, <laughs> That's a different business. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically going to take it, and sometimes you give it a twist, and sometimes just take the expression and use it. People want to, you know, people know. Um, so how the sausage gets made is about oh, what you know, what goes on behind the scenes. How how does the thing happen in secret? That that will draw them in. And it was all about the fact I like watching behind the scenes of how films are made and that kind of thing. So it's great to use like common subject lines and then see if you can like not subject lines, common um like phrases, turns of phrase and like just put a twist on them is a great way of coming up with subject lines, isn't it? I love it. This week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. I'd hate for you to miss out on an episode of this show because we've got so much amazing stuff coming up over the next few weeks as well. So make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player and do us a favor. We want to help more businesses. I know, we know that you know <laughs> lots we know that you know um we know that you know um lots of other people who have courses who are 
coaches who have their own membership site and they would love to be getting much better results with their email marketing and hate doing it less. They like to enjoy doing it more. So do us a massive favor and do them a favor. Share this episode share that you listen to the email marketing show on your favorite social media channel and make sure tag us at robin kennedy we'll even reshare it for you as well and spread the love because we would love to get more people doing awesome email marketing and growing their businesses with it anyway that's it for this week we'll see you next week